Okay, welcome to the fourth episode of Can You Fucking Believe It? Phil, you do much better than I do. Can you fucking believe it? Good job, buddy. All right, so this week we have what I think may be a somewhat weak stable of movies, but we're going we're gonna to do our best with them here. We'll see where it goes. Well, yeah. Okay, so let's see. What do you want to do? Which, okay, what do you want to do first? Um, what do we got here? You want to do... Sit, well, Let's go back to the let's go back to the Carpenter cast one. We'll do Cigarette Burns. Uh, which since you a, finally saw it. I did finally see it. I saw it. I had to watch it on a website that somebody had ripped it from a DVD and posted it on a website somewhere, which sort of surprised me because I, I didn't really think that you could really find those very often, but it came up with a search, so whatever. Well, I mean, you go to YouTube and people have posted them in 10-minute increments. I think when, yeah, I, when I was true. doing my little research for the Carpenter cast, I was like, oh, you can watch the entire movie of vampires. In like 10-minute yes. episodes, which is the most irritating thing in the entire world. <laughs> but I've never watched one like that. I know that they're out there, but oh, man, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't be able to. I guess if you're desperate not to pay for <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, I'll just get the program I have, which I will not publicize because... I want them to keep operating. <laughs> but anyway, okay, so Cigarette Burns. Um, go ahead and give the background on it just in case. I'm sure there's not very many people that have seen it. Go ahead, go ahead. No? Okay, well then. It's, um, uh, if you didn't hear from the, I think we gave a little bit of it background on the first one, or on the, the second episode. But uh, it's a guy who is a who owns a theater who is supposedly really good at finding rare movies or rare prints, mm-hmm. or rare films, or whatever, uh, gets hired by Udo Kier. The best. Mr. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you bore me. What it, gay German is better? I can't think of one. <laughs> except for maybe Hasselhoff. Well, he's oh, not really I German. Know. Or gay, but whatever. <laughs> Just a drunk. <laughs> You're right. You can't eat a hamburger. Who loves Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, he gets hired by Udo Kier. To find this movie that supposedly the only time it was ever shown in a theater drove the entire audience insane Mm -hmm. and they killed each other and burned down the theater or something. Yes. And supposedly there's no print of the movie in existence, uh, but Udo Kier feels like there is out there somewhere. He supposedly knows that there is a print of it out there and he really wants to see it because he missed the screening because he... Went to go see another movie, or he thought the guy that directed was a jerk or something, and he went to go see somebody else. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Norman Reedus, looking very... Norman Reedus-y? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On, um, like, he doesn't sleep very much. Exactly. Um, and has this haircut that looks like he got whacked in the head with something, and he just decided, okay, that looks good. Um, he goes to find this movie... Turns out that the movie. Oh, and by the way, let's go. Let's let's rewind for a minute here. Um, we're gonna spoil movies probably. So if you haven't seen these and you want to, just fast forward or stop complaining. Right. <laughs> there you go. All right. So anyway, he goes and he he does his research and he finds out that there is a print of this movie out there somewhere. Or he thinks there is, or, he, or there's some evidence there is, and it turns out that what the movie is is that. They capture an angel and they cut the angel's wings off on film and somehow this just affects everybody so much that it drives them crazy because it's offensive the, to God or something or right, human right. nature. I think the idea was that there, if 
if you show real acts of evil on film, they infect the film and thus the audience. Right. And one of the things that I wasn't really, just from you hearing you talk about it, I didn't really pick up on was that you didn't even have to watch the film to be affected by it. Like, even if you just sort of were somehow connected to it, like you were interested in it or mm-hmm. somehow had some connection to it, it, was so, it would screw you up. That shit would, I swear, it was freaky. Every time you'd get the cigarette burn in the middle of the screen, yeah. I'd be like, oh, Jesus, what the hell is that? Yeah. Well, okay, so here, <laughs> let's, uh, first off, let's hear your thoughts on it, since I have seen it. Well, I gave my thoughts last time. I thought you said it was, it was like, good. truly disturbing. I mean, I really liked that movie, and I thought it was like a return to form for Carpenter, who had done a lot of not-so-good stuff recently, but... Well, yeah. It reminded everybody that he could still make a good uh, kind of horror movie. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. A TV show. Well, it was a film, quote-unquote film. But uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, there was a couple things that I didn't really that I didn't really get, which was, one, okay, Norman Reedus, he goes out to find this, this film. Mm-hmm. And basically, everybody he asks, they at first go, well... I don't want to tell you, or you don't want to see it, or I don't know anything. But then, immediately afterwards, flip-flop and go, okay, well, here you go. Here's a guy who knows. You know? (laughs) And I was going, well... And I understand it was only an hour. Yeah. Okay, you have to move the plot forward. Yeah. But still, I was thinking, these people are really (laughs) easily influenced into giving this information up. And then, um, the... The thing with the angel, where the angel was chained up in mm-hmm. Udo Kier's house, I thought they gave that away way too early. I thought that should... They, I don't remember them, like, explaining what it was. Like, See, just, maybe I knew that just because you had told me about it. Because I thought you saw the weird thing chained up, but you didn't know quite what it was, and then later you found out it was the angel they ripped the rings off of. Probably, but see, I went into it with a little bit more foreknowledge of what was going on. But at the same time, I think I thought there's even though that's probably not something that uh, somebody going into it cold yeah. would know. I honestly did think that they gave that away a little too early. Yeah. I think it would have been better if he found out what the move, the film was, and then he saw, oh my God, Udo Kier's got this angel. He got the angel chained up in his trophy room yeah. with the wings behind glass. <laughs> um, that. Uh, those were the things that I sort of had a problem with with that. But otherwise, I thought it was good. And, oh, man, it was... I was surprised at how graphic it really was. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was Showtime. And Showtime, they can do whatever they want. They're like HBO. They can show nudity and violence and swear and whatever. Uh-huh. But, wow. The, the Chinese guy shoving the dagger into his eyeballs? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was just, uh, wow, that was gross. And then Udo Kier running his own intestines through the projector. That was the best. Oh, and he gives this whole speech about, I was inspired. I made my own film. <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> it's so wrong. Oh, God. It's so great. And actually, I, di- I thought that, um, I actually went on YouTube and look, just put in cigarette burns, mm-hmm. and there was this this show that came up that was, uh, I guess it's a YouTube only show. It's called Cinephiles or something like that, and it's these four guys, and they get they sit around and they review movies like us, right? 
but they're on YouTube. They got video. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So they actually did a review of it. Uh-huh. And, they, and I watched it. And their big problem was <clears throat> was that they said that the climax, what, it wasn't a big enough payoff. And I was thinking as I was watching this, I was thinking it seemed like a good pay. I didn't think that there was a, it was a disappointing payoff. I didn't think so. I thought it fit with the rest of the show. Right. And the thing is, is like, what do you want? Do you want the world <laughs> to come crashing down? I mean, you knew that they were going to all go crazy when they watched it because yeah. obviously that was the setup. Uh-huh. And um, I actually did like the part where the angel came down from the projection booth uh, and he had the film mm-hmm. and he looked at Norman Reedus' dead body and he said, thank you for this or whatever. And he's a real weird, a feet yeah. weirdo to use, <laughs> use your term. But there was a point that they did make on this YouTube show that I agreed with, mm-hmm. was that when you actually got to see the clips of the film on the screen, yeah, it looked super amateurish and weird and super eight and just bad. Yeah, and I was thinking, well, essentially, it's a snuff film, though. I mean, it's not like a, there was a lot going on. Right. It was an artistic snuff film. True. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like the <laughs> ultimate snuff film, really. <laughs> yeah. And what was, I didn't understand the guy, the German guy, or the French guy, I mean, the bald guy, with, that chopped the girl's head off. Oh, yeah, I yeah, was yeah. kind of, I was thinking, wait a minute, you know, is he going to film him chopping the girl's head off and then talking to the guy, or is it just the chopping the head off, and is this 30-second snuff film, or what? I didn't really understand what the point of having him chop the girl's head off was. Uh, that whole scene in, like, the dungeon or whatever... It felt a little too eight millimeter. That was where I didn't really like the movie a little bit. But yeah, yeah I agree with complaint. you. Well, sure. And again, you have an hour. Yeah. And you can't. You know, if you had two hours to make that movie, I'm sure that things would have been differently presented. Yeah, for sure. And I, one thing too is it didn't really seem like a Carpenter film to me. No. No, I didn't really see many of the Carpenter touches except for the fact that he didn't shy away from the. The violence or, you know, the he didn't sort of blink when it came to that kind of thing, which he never has. I mean, obviously, we went over all that with, like, the thing and everything, but... Yeah. Um, I don't know. In a way, in kind of, from a subject matter perspective, I think it's closest to something like In the Mouth of Madness, where they're talking about art and art effect and art's effects on people. Right. That's what I was reminded of when I watched it, was In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah. So... You know, I guess maybe, but I just, visually, I guess, maybe. It didn't really feel it's like a It's true. It looked much more like a TV show than a John Carpenter. Exactly. It was real static, mm-hmm. and there wasn't much going, when it came to visually, there wasn't much flair, except for the effects, you know, the makeup effects with the people chopping their heads off and whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, I'll, overall, I enjoyed it, and I think that, I think that if John Carpenter, given an hour and a half, two hours, to make that into more of an actual feature-length film. Yeah. I think it could be really, really good. Uh-huh. As it was, I thought it was... I don't know. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I didn't think it was spectacular. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean... It was I, affecting. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> the the Asian guy just... I, I just can't get over that. The Asian guy jamming the, the knife into his eyes, and I was like, that's a really good effect. I mean, it looked really... Good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if good is the right word. 
It looked upsetting. How about we? Very that? true. I just was watching it and going, "Oh, don't do that! <laughs> oh, you're doing it again." <laughs> well, that, that's like when we watched the original um, Day of the Dead. It's like it doesn't really upset me now when I see that movie, but when I first, when we both first watched it, that scene where the military guy gets ripped in half at the end was like so nauseating. Because you could see all the like sausage and stuff like falling out of his things, and they were just like eating it right there. And he's like, "Joke on it!" Oh, oh, I know that was actually that one of the, if not the only scene that I can really recall right away, that literally turned my stomach. I watched it, and I was just like, "Oh." Okay, that was really gross. I know, and it's such a shitty movie, too. It is a bad movie. It really is. And it's too bad, too, because the first two are so good. Yeah. Um, Well, especially Dawn of the Dead. But, and the old one, not the new one, for all you young kids out there. Watch the the original. The new one is perfectly fine. No, I'm saying that what we're referencing is the, the original. But... If you haven't seen it, all you youngsters out there, you whipper, oh, you young folks, you, you whippersnappers, go watch it. It's good. It's very seventies, but it's good. It's good. It's a good. <laughs> so what's next on our list, Mister? Let's do. I'm trying to decide if we should save Transformers for the end. Well, or... I haven't seen it, so if there's something you oh, really okay. want to see about it or say about it, then maybe we'll even save it for it. next time. Well, it's not like I'm going to see the movie by then. Okay, either. fine. Well, here's what we'll do. I'll do my brief, my brief rundown of Transformers too. And for everybody that's listened to this before, you'll know that I'm much more of a Michael Bay slash action, brainless action popcorn movie fan than Phil. Yes. So I went to see Transformers two, uh, middle of the day on Monday. So there was like three people in the theater. Uh huh. And um, it was, it basically it took everything about Transformers and sort of tr- cranked it up a couple of notches. The explosions were bigger. The, the, the robots were bigger. There was more of them. The weird sort of crude juvenile humor, there was more of it. Great. I, yeah, <laughs> you know, and the thing was, it's got, it got to the point where I was just, especially toward the end, and and there's this scene that, and it, once you see it, I'm sure you will eventually see it, but once you see it, when when Shia LaBeouf goes to Transformer Heaven, <laughs> okay, he, he dies and goes to Transformer Heaven. All right. I at that point hey, I was hey, uh, disbelief suspended. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was just watching it going, wow, Michael Bay has just gone off the rails here. He went off the rails a long time ago. Well, and then there's this weird thing where he goes, because in the movie Shia LaBeouf goes to uh, college, mm-hmm. and he gets this weird code in his head, and he keeps writing it on everything. He writes it on a Bad Boys 2 poster that his roommate has up in his room. Yeah. Like, you couldn't have picked one of your... Even better than that movies, <laughs> Bad Boys Two. That was one of the the most pointless movies he's ever made. That the Bad Boys invade Cuba. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. So no, I mean Transformers. I, it's one of those ones where you sort of you shut your brain off and you just sort of watch it and go, oh, you know, look, things are blowing <laughs> it's up. It's party. Things are blowing up. And the army guys are shooting. <laughs> but <clears throat> I can't 
say that I necessarily recommend it, but it, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's Transformers too. Yeah. You know. Well, as I was telling you before, I know a couple fans of the original who I frequently fight about who uh, hated this one. Well, I, I'm a, I liked the first one. Mm-hmm. I did. I thought it was actually, I was not expecting much and it was actually better, <laughs> better yeah. than I thought it would be, in my opinion. But then the second one, and in sequels, especially sequels like that, obviously you always have to train ramp everything up a little bit because yeah. it's got to be bigger and better than before. But I just thought it was just too much. See, and it's funny because I'm reading this book um, by David Mamet about Hollywood and his kind of experiences in it. Yeah. And he just says that Hollywood is such a bureaucracy these days that, that, that you run into studio heads who just take everything related to an interesting story and pull it out of every script because they get scared by it. And it just reminds me, like Transformers, it's like, there is no plot. There is, you know, what there is is minimal. There is, you know, it's yeah. just shiny things. Uh, yeah, I and, mean, and the plot that's there is sort of convoluted and going, well, I, what? Kind of, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It, well, it just reminds me. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, too, is that it's the same thing in the second one. You know, because in the first one, there was the whole thing about the cube, and you're going, what? Are you, what? The life spark. Uh, yeah, all spark. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. And it's like, I, that doesn't really, okay, whatever. We'll just go with that. You know? <laughs> and, and, Pretty much. I mean, it's not like they actually went back to the cartoons and gave it a watch. Well, and the cartoons actually sort of had this kind of plot to them. Really? Yeah, they actually did. And to, and to be honest with you, I can't tell you exactly what it was, but they did. They had somewhat of a sort of overriding plot to them. Huh. There was this theme behind the whole thing. I and then the robots would fight. You know, 20 years since I've seen them. Right. But whatever. Anyway, Transformers 2, big, big movie. Lots of explosions, <laughs> lots of slow mo. I think everybody was surprised because it was supposed to be so bad and everybody, uh, it got such horrible reviews. I mean, I just was like unbelievable at how much money it's made. I mean, it's almost a $400 million. It's like, really? Yeah. Well, you know, you don't, (laughs) you never go wrong underestimating the public. Right, right. Nobody ever went broke underestimating the public's, you know, tastes or whatever, yeah. Or was it over? Oh, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. It, it, you know, like I said, big explosions, lots of slow mo, lots right. of Megan Fox, which I can't complain about. <laughs> but at the same time, it just it was goofy, and it, I, I probably I might watch it again just if it's on or something. If I'm watching TV or something, but I wouldn't go out and rent it. Yeah, I might rent it from the Redbox for a dollar, just so yeah. they don't get too much of my money. Right. Well, and you know, it's it's worth seeing at least. Just even if you want to say, is it is it like three hours of my time worth it to see Transporters Two? Transformers. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Fine. Enough Transformers. Let's go on to a movie we have both seen. Ooh. Uh, let's see. Let's do Step Brothers. I thought that was for a guy who doesn't really like Will Ferrell. That movie made me laugh my ass off. I gotta say. Yeah, well, you know, I, I was a little taken by surprise when, by that movie. I was thinking more along the lines of, of the Anchorman sort of sense of humor. 
mm-hmm. which was, it wasn't, I mean, there was, I actually didn't even realize what, when I watched it that it was like this hard R movie. Mm-hmm. And it took me by surprise. And I was, <laughs> when he like pulled out his balls yeah, and it's all it, over the drum set. Yeah. <laughs> and, and every scene was like, you're a curly haired fuckwad or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I, I don't think I liked it as much as you did. Um, but I mean, I thought it was funny. I thought that it went a little... It went a little overboard a few times when it came to where he buried him alive. (laughs) I mean, it got to the point where I was almost thinking, especially with the scene where he buried his stepbrother alive, Mm -hmm. I thought it would be this dream sequence or something. (laughs) This is a Will Ferrell movie! Right, but it got to be like airplane-ish after a while. Or... Well, yeah. But, I don't know. I just, I was thrown off. To be honest with you, I didn't really, it, I was just not expecting it to be what it was. It's not like there's a whole lot of realism in Blades of Glory. True. That is true. <laughs> I will definitely give you it's that one. It's not cinema verite. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but I just, again, I, and maybe I went into it thinking it was something a little different than it, w- yeah. it would be, but um, I was just a little thrown off by it. and. I think that if I would have had a little bit better of an idea what it was going in, like it was this hard R movie and it was kind of real sort of off the rails sometimes. And I've used that phrase twice now. Um, but uh, I just, I, I kept kind of going, whoa, this isn't what I thought it was, you, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I watched it with my brother and he kept going on about how it was the epitome of Will Ferrell's infantilized man character. That it was like that character taken to the nth degree. I would agree with that, though. Because in, in certain points in that movie, he, they, those two almost acted like they were actually retarded. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really. But that's, but that's his shtick. It's not like, I mean, you watch Anchorman, and there are a few times and you're like, wow, this is like Forrest Gump, who's a reporter <laughs> sure, on sure. television. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, and I, there was a couple times in that movie, though, that I just went, wow, come on. I mean, would there really be this guy who was that infantile and that retarded? And, but that, you're, you know. In this day and age, I don't know that there wouldn't be, yeah. Yeah? In this day and age, I, there are plenty of people who are 45 and still living in their parents' basement. True, true. But I guess I, that's the best I can describe it. I was thrown off by that movie. I thought it was yeah. funny. And I actually didn't think it was quite as funny as you did, but I did like, what's his name, Richard Jenkins, the dad? I love Richard Jenkins. And was he, it Mary Steenburgen? No. no, it was, uh, um, maybe it was. Oh, man, this is bad. <laughs> I think it was Steenburgen. I think it was. I think you're right. Yeah. But it, I, <laughs> I love the part where they're sitting at Christmas dinner and he's like, you know what I got for Christmas? A crushed soul. <laughs> and then, they, <laughs> and then the, the, they ask the little kids, what did, what did you get for Christmas? And then the, they say what they got for Christmas. And then he goes again. He goes, you know what I got for Christmas? A crushed soul. And the little girl goes, yeah, you mentioned that. <laughs> For some reason, I could. and the other part that just killed me was when they're doing their rap video, 
Remember they made the rap video on the boat? Yeah. And he goes, he says, um, his line is, uh, it's like deadliest catch without the crabs. Uh-oh, we're out of oil. Go ask the Arabs. <laughs> For some reason, that just made me laugh so hard. Go ask the Arabs. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was better than I, I, I just... Up until then, I had never really seen a Will Ferrell movie that I truly liked. It's like I kind of enjoyed Blades of Glory because it was, you know, halfway funny. Right. And it had some better people in it. But this, and I hated Talladega Nights and I hate Anchorman. See, me and you will always disagree about Anchorman. I think Anchorman is like the funniest movie ever. I, whatever. But then again, I mean, even you said it took further watchings to kind of involve yourself in the humor, and I'm unwilling to give it those further views. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, it did. The first time I watched it, maybe it was the same thing. The first time I watched Anchorman, I was sort of thrown off by it. Like, I was expecting something different. Yeah. So maybe I should go back and watch Step Brothers again, and maybe I would too think it was more funnier than I thought the first time, but... I was actually expecting it to be a little funnier because I'm a little bit more of a Will Ferrell fan than you are. Yeah. A little bit more. I'm getting a little sick of him. I think like, everybody is. I really didn't actually like Blades of Glory very much. Yeah. Um, there was a definitely, it had its moments for sure. Um, I really didn't like Semi-Pro. That was just so <laughs> unfunny. Um, I never saw it. Talladega Nights, I could take it or leave it. I mean, there's some funny stuff in there. There's some funny stuff. There, you know, yeah, but. I mean, there, there it is. It's uh, hard to deny. I love it when he, um, fuck no, John C. Riley's in his house after he's kicked um, Will Ferrell out, and he, he's like calling him on the phone. There are voices in here. Get out! That makes me laugh so hard. Well, I love the part when uh, Will Ferrell comes home, and they're telling the, the his wife and John C. Riley are telling him we're gonna get married, and he's like. I was just gone for a week or whatever it was. And they're like, look, you need to get over it. He's going, what? What are you talking about? I was gone for a week. And he took his, John C. Riley took a picture of his face and pasted it over <laughs> Will Ferrell's face in the yeah. photos. And as always, in every movie she's in, Jane Lynch was like the best part of that movie. Yeah. I love it when she's like, I love this Applebee's. Let's come here. Every week for the rest of our lives. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, she she's a she, I think she's a very underrated comedian comedian comedian. But so yeah, <laughs> Step Brothers. My my sort of my end uh, verdict is that I was hope I was thinking I would be more entertained by it than I was. Yeah, and it I again it, I wasn't expecting what it was. I get it. I get it. You know, it's, a, it's certainly an out there comedy. Sure. I thought it would be a little more, a little more conventional than it was. All right. Okay. I so, whatever. Yeah. All right. So, let's see. Um, now, before we get into the piece de resistance of this particular podcast, which has to be Fast and Furious. Yes, okay. We're going to do a movie which I'm sure that I was really surprised that both you and... <laughs> Uh-huh. Had it said that you had both seen, uh-huh. which was Carnival of Souls from the sixties. <laughs> of course, I've seen it. I, I I had a friend who was like the wor- who only watched shitty horror movies, and he would constantly bring the VHS tapes. About ten years after they went away, um, he would constantly bring me the VHS tapes and go, "Hey, this one's pretty good." 
and I'd give it a whirl. So yes, I've seen Carnival of Souls. I I've was seen, just oh some really bad trauma movies. Oh, trauma. because of Chuck. Yeah, trauma. I'm not a big fan of trauma. There was a couple that I thought were fairly entertaining, but. There was one I watched, well, one that was terrible called Bloodhook, and I was like, really? This is just bad. And the other one, I can't remember what the title was, Blades. It was called Blades, and it was like a remake of Jaws with a killer lawnmower, and it was actually pretty funny. Wow, okay. Yeah, that, a lawnmower? Okay, sure, why not? It is Choma after all. Exactly. They made Tromeo and Juliet. Yes, they it, did. Oh. Well, Troma, though, actually made um, uh, Cannibal the Musical. Did they? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, that was a Troma movie. So there you go. Shot in Colorado by two Coloradans. Coloradoans. NBA guns. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Okay, so Carnival of Souls just... And I'm... If anybody out there has seen this, send an email to canufbi at gmail.com. Okay. Let us know. That is our email. Um, <laughs> in case We're you, not fooling you. It, I'm serious this time. <laughs> uh, but it's about this girl who... She gets in a car wreck. She, her, her car, along with two of her friends, she's riding in the car with two of her friends. Her car goes off the side of a bridge into a river. And somehow she makes it out. She walks up onto the shore and everybody's like, everybody's all shocked. And wow, how'd you make it out of there? And she says, I can't really remember. It was all a blur. So then she moves out of this town, which was Lawrence, Kansas, if I remember right, is where it was shot. Yeah. And she moves to Utah to take a high paying, prestigious job as as a church organist. Yes, yes. And uh, she just keeps seeing this these creepy visions and she has this obsession with this abandoned amusement park out in the middle of nowhere which is is it actually an abandoned mormon amusement park called salt air <laughs> okay so yeah um so she goes she gets this obsession with it and there's this real weird neighbor this real greasy sort of creepy rapey neighbor <laughs> <laughs> His Rohypnol kind of neighbor. Right, he's like the, you know, the what is it, the HG, is it, no. GHB? No. MG something or other? I don't know, whatever it is. The date rape thing. That guy. Anyway. Um, it, nothing really happens throughout the whole movie. Yeah, pretty much. It's, I remember there being kind of these weird ethereal scenes with this weird music in the background as she's like sitting in the church and blah, 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 but... But yeah, most of it, it's just kind of these white faces staring at you every now and again out at the... Yeah, and then her just being weird and sort of has these real starey eyes. And, <laughs> you know. It's a cheap 60s horror movie. What are we expecting? Well, I know, but it just... I, I was sitting there watching it, and I, and I have to qualify it by the fact that I did watch the Rift Tracks version of it. But that doesn't mean I didn't see the movie. Uh, you know, obviously I did see the movie, which is a little bit more commentary on it. But... <laughs> Yeah, it was so just there was actually something going on. Right, exactly. There was actually something sort of semi-entertaining going on. But I was just thinking, wow, there's really there's nothing happening in this movie. I mean, there was nothing going on. And then at the end, it's the big twist, which I thought was kind of funny. Because I sort of like saw the twist coming. And again, if you yeah, don't want us twist just... Is, that twist has been done about a dozen times since. Right. But okay, and... 
if anybody out there thinks that we're going to spoil the 1962 classic Carnival of Souls, then <laughs> fast forward. But the fact that it turns out she was actually dead yeah. the whole time. And well, I'm, duh. It's like, uh, if you didn't finish, figure that out like 20 minutes into I the know. movie. <laughs> and, but the thing was, is I went and I, you know, and I did figure that out 20 minutes into the movie. But then I was thinking the whole time before the end of the movie, you know, the big twist. I was going, wait a minute. Okay, so she's dead. And she has these episodes where nobody can see her and nobody can hear her. Mm-hmm. And everybody just ignores her. And she can't figure out what's going on. And, but then in the rest of the movie, people are interacting with her just fine. Yeah. And the dude, the, the rapey guy from next door, <laughs> he's like grabbing her and trying to kiss her and stuff. And I'm going, well, okay, what does she sort of phase in and out of being a ghost and a solid person? Or what? You know what I mean? It's it, the effects of Utah on everybody. Apparently. Utah and Lawrence, <laughs> Kansas will just do that to you. But, you know, and, and I'm thinking, M. Night Shyamalan stole it from Carnival of Souls. <laughs> that fucker. Yeah, pretty much. But at least in, in Sixth Sense, you could see, if you go back and watch the movie, you can see that people were really kind of ignoring Bruce Willis, except for the kid, or... I always had that one scene, and maybe I should watch the movie again, but there was one scene that I always thought violated that, and I don't know. That's when uh, he comes home, and Willis is sitting in the living room, and um, what's her name? Tony Collette takes, takes, I can never remember the kid's name, but she takes him and says, oh, you can talk to him, and looks into the living room. That... You know what? I remember us talking about that before, and I thought I should go back and watch that too because I could swear that it came really, really close to violating it, but it didn't quite. Well, I don't know. I don't know. We should, I, maybe we should just watch I, that one scene yeah. or something. <laughs> just just to see watch what the it whole is. freaking That's movie. The, I, I, otherwise, it retained its its water pretty well and yeah. its story pretty well, so that it was a pretty shocking uh, thing. But when I thought about it. At the time, I was like, well, that, that one scene was weird. I remember thinking the same thing. And I remember talking about it with you after we watched mm-hmm. it going, there. wait a minute, there was that one scene where it seemed like she could see him or... Or she was acknowledging he was waiting there. Right. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Maybe we should just go watch that one scene at some point. But <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, going back to the whole Carnival of Souls thing, I, I was just... I was thinking, and you know, obviously, yeah. It's this cheesy 60s horror movie. They probably made it for about you know, $5,000, whatever it was. But I was thinking, even though it's a cheesy 60s horror movie, <laughs> come on, have something happen. I don't know if he was trying to go real, the director was trying to go real atmospheric or whatever. I think but, that's the only explanation that he really wanted to creep you out with all this uh, booga booga. Right. But it doesn't quite happen. Not really. Oh, by the way, a little piece of trivia that I found out from watching the Rift Tracks version of that movie. The guy... The guy that the the creepy guy, the, the dead guy, with yeah. the receding hairline, the curly uh-huh. hair and stuff, that was the director. Hey, there you go. There you go. He put himself <laughs> in his movie and he owned it. He owned it. You know what? Actually, though, there was a scene in that movie that I thought was actually fairly effective. Like I thought, wow, I watched it and I went, that was actually a really pretty good scene. Yeah, was the one where the dead people were dancing uh-huh. and the film was sped up. Yeah. I was like, that's a good scene. And it's a simple effect. It is a very simple effect, but it looked good. And I was like, no, <laughs> you know what? If you could take that, just that amount of creativity or making it look good like that for that one scene, extend that through the whole movie, you got something. <laughs> well, yeah. But you're, you know, you're working with 
uh, town hall city players kind of thing. It's not like they had Betty Davis in the movie or something. Very true, very true. And you know what? I've actually gone 10 minutes past the mark when I usually say this, but I think it's time for a smoke. So hang on, podcasters. We'll be right back. Oh, God. Okay, we're back. We're back. Smoke break was, like I said, extended by, or 10 minutes past where I usually, well, it's usually 25 minutes, right? Almost and always. It's yeah. like right on the dot. It's 25 minutes <laughs> when I'm smoke. But, uh, okay, so the next one we're going to do, which is one that you haven't seen, which, again, like I just said to you before we started recording again, was that I, I don't particularly want to do a lot of them that we haven't both seen, but wanted... I think you know. I think you know enough about it without having seen it to where, you know, we can talk about it yeah. semi intelligently. <laughs> um, but it wanted uh, Angelina Jolie, uh, Morgan Freeman, and I always forget the guy's name. The, the lead. What's his <laughs> I name? I always call him Mister Tumnus because that was the first time I saw him in um, *Lying the Witch in the Wardrobe*. He was the fawn. Oh, so he was? I, I always call him Mr. Tumnus, but no, his name is James McAvoy. I knew it was James something, but he... It's funny because he, <clears throat> he was the lead in that movie, and basically nothing else. You said, I mean, he was in Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, but... Well, he was in... Um, well, I mean, he's in art films. He was in Atonement, and he was in The Last King of Scotland. Oh, okay. See, I didn't see either of those, so I guess maybe I missed him in those. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, for some reason, he's a real sex symbol. I don't, I don't get really? It. Yeah. Apparently. People like pasty, small British guys. But anyway. Okay. Well, I know <laughs> I do. Bring him, bring him on. Um, but hyper-violent, uh, really over-the-top. Things like bend, like curving the bullet. Yeah. Uh, you know, Angelina Jolie is sort of this... She's supposed to be sort of this soulless killer, and isn't she? Probably, from what I understand, she pretty much is. But it was—I this was actually the second time I had seen it, and for whatever reason, I got inspired to go back and watch it again. And I can't remember what it was that, yeah, brought it up. Uh-huh. But the second time I watched it, the first okay, the first time I watched it, I went, "Wow, that's." Fairly ridiculous, but there's a lot of action and there's a lot of pretty cool camera effects and that kind yeah. of thing. But then the second time I watched it, I just i i found found it a little too ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the the guy who directed it is the Russian guy named Timur Bekmambetov. If you can pronounce that three times fast, yeah, hey, you um, did better than I would have. Um, but, uh, and I remember being so excited to see his first movie because the trailer was so good. Uh, did you ever see Day Watch or Night Watch? No. They're Russian pictures. Um, they're about like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to explain them. But it's like, you know, there's uh, bad guys and good guys and one controls the day and one controls the night. And then they meet in the middle and one of them tries to take over the world, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's like, they look so cool. And then you watch them, and they're so boring because all of the really good stuff was in the fucking trailer. <laughs> so you already saw it, right? Yeah, pretty much. Well, with Wanted, see, it's funny because the thing that struck me about that movie, especially watching it the second time, was that the ending, or well, I guess 
throughout the movie, there's these very strange sort of logical holes, or not necessarily holes, but you would logical problems where yeah. this guy is sort of this loser and he works in this office and he hates his life and he has these panic attacks and everybody pushes him around and his best friend is fucking his girlfriend and, you know, basically this sort of doormat. Yeah. And then he gets recruited to be this assassin and all of a sudden he's all about it, you know, he, and then he has moral doubts. And then, oh wait, no, I'm, I'm really, I really do want to do this. And then he goes to kill this guy who he thinks killed his dad. And see, this is one thing I really had a problem with, is that in the beginning of the movie, he says, there's this voiceover of, of this main character saying, my dad ran off from my mom when I was like five days old. Mm-hmm. Okay, But then, for some reason... When Angelina Jolie comes to him and says, this guy killed your father, he gets all upset and he gets all, and he's like, I gotta get my revenge. It's like, well, wait a minute. You just said that your dad ran off when you were seven days old and you never knew him and how, how could you even care about it? Yeah, well, but he probably had some idealized picture of his father too. I'm, Maybe. Psychological underpinnings of wanted. <laughs> yeah. And then there's Angelina Jolie's butt, which was good. But um, more underpinning <laughs> right? But and then okay, so then he gets all upset and he goes to kill this guy who kills his dad, and it turns out, you know, he kills the wrong guy and all this stuff, and then he has to get his revenge, and then it turns into this weird sort of revenge thing, and I don't know. And then at the very at the end, it I just I didn't get this at all. He at the end he's going on this big monologue about am I uh, who am I am I this guy who is just a loser who who doesn't you know stand up to anybody well no am I a trained assassin who is like the best assassin in the world well no am I a guy who's setting his life straight well yes because I got my revenge and then he looks right at the camera and he, and he like literally looks right at the camera and goes what the fuck have you done lately and it's like, well, fuck you too, movie. What's <laughs> like, you what? You just gonna insult your audience? You know? Why not? Yeah, I'm just gonna make a movie called <laughs> "Fuck You, Audience" and just be a middle finger the whole time. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you losers can all suck it because I made a movie. I don't know. It was just it was a very strangely put together movie. <clears throat> yeah, you would expect. Well, you know, again... I don't know, I just... I hate Angelina so much. I wish she'd just die. Oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily hate her, but I won't say that I'm a big fan of her. It's funny, there were these shows on BBC that would kind of um, make fun of celebrity lives. They would take whatever happened in their life and kind of play it to the, the nth degree again. Uh, play it for like sketch comedy, and they did one that was like the the Jen Brad and Angie show, right? And, and the gal they had playing Angelina Jolie 
was so funny. And they had her like, you know, every time they'd cut to Angelina Jolie, they'd show her evil castle. And, the, <laughs> and she'd be like, I must get bread. <laughs> nice. thing ever. Well, yeah, you know, the funny thing is that I think that, I think that Angelina Jolie, I don't think that she's necessarily a bad actress. But I think that she's she almost... She hasn't made very good, many good movies. That's the problem with her. Like, if you think about it... There are like three, maybe four, good movies in her repertoire, and the rest of them are Original Sin and Beyond Borders. Yeah, and just, I wanted. <laughs> and just, well, but that made money. Um, well, sure, but I wouldn't say that it was a quote-unquote good movie. Yeah, yeah. But uh, she, I always wonder, where the hell anybody... I mean, she's famous for looking good, and that's it. She's... She's made, had like two or three hits and that's it. Like, why do you keep putting her in movies? Nobody wants to see her. Yeah, well, I think... Uh-oh. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, God bless you. <laughs> thank you. But uh, I think that a big part of her... Uh, at first, when she was first coming out as an actress, um, I think a big part of her reputation was built on Gia. Yeah, almost certainly. Because she was actually she was so good in it. She was, but she was basically that Playing was a character herself. that was very, very close to her own yeah. self, and she was good in it. And people went, "Wow, she's daring because she's, you know, she's playing this drug addict who's naked all the time." And it's <laughs> like, well, if, you know, if it's daring to be naked, I'm daring every day because at some point <laughs> every day I'm naked. But I don't know. I, I in that movie too, in Wanted. She looked very, like, she looked too skinny. She, it, she was, it was sort of off-putting. It was. Yeah. She, she, she was very, she was verging on anorexic in that movie. Really? Which was kind of an interesting to me because she never seemed like she came across as one of those actresses that was super, like, super concerned about that. Well, maybe it was because she was actually starting to have children, <laughs> rather than just adopting her own Benetton ad. Oh, shit, right? But, yeah, I mean, I wanted, I, I think that it's worth watching again, and is, this is sort of my... This I is, keep intending to view it. It's on my Netflix queue. Yeah. <laughs> but my Netflix queue is 400 movies long, so right. I'll get to it in a couple years. Right. We'll see you in 2012. <laughs> um... But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's worth watching. It's worth watching. But it's, uh, I wouldn't say that it's any sort of masterpiece of cinema. Which I don't think anybody would expect anyway. Yeah. From Wanted. So. Apparently they're going to make a sequel, so somebody must have liked it. Really? Yeah. Well, I also read, too, that the Wanted, there was based on a series of comic books. Yeah. Wanted. Uh-huh. And uh, apparently fans of the comic books or purists of the comic books or whatever were sort of upset because it didn't, it sort of took the general idea and didn't stick to the story of the comics. Yeah. And they were upset about that. Blow me. Uh, I hate comic book purists. I'm sorry, but you love a novel, you love a comic book, you love a TV show. When they make it a movie, it's a different medium. And they have to make different compromises and tell the story differently. Sorry. Well, sure. And the thing is, though, too, the thing that's stupid about comic book purists is that even the comic books themselves are not faithful to themselves. Yeah. There have been, what, 
seven different Batman origin stories, <laughs> you know, and yeah. they're all basically the same, but they're not the same, you yeah. know, and it's like, um, <laughs> see if that picks up, but, um, <laughs> but uh, even the comic books themselves, in fact, and this is geeking out a little bit here, but DC Comics, they got so convoluted and they got so to where it was alternate worlds, there was Earth and Earth 2 and Earth 3 and there was all these storylines that were, they would explain these weird storylines by saying it wasn't actually Earth, it was Earth 2 because there's all these different dimensions and all yeah. this shit. And they had, they, they actually got so convoluted and weird <laughs> that they actually did a mini-series of comic books that was called Crisis on Infinite Earths where they took all these various dimensions and whatever and mashed them all together and like had this big war and whoever whoever survived it like there was seven green lanterns or something and like the <laughs> one the one that survived was the quote unquote real green lantern from then on okay so even the comic books knew they had gone too far they're not purists of themselves so these guys that are these comic book purists going you can't do this and you can't do that well fuck you <laughs> And we just alienated half the people that would potentially yeah. listen to this, probably. Eh, whatever. We're alienated. This is okay. a movie podcast, not a comic book podcast. <laughs> right. I'm We're, sure there are plenty of people out there willing to talk to you and pander to you, but it ain't me. Exactly. There, I'm sure there's a million comic book podcasts out there with some dude ranting about, you know, fucking <laughs> The Green out. Lantern's tights were too big to catch times. <laughs> it was very distracting. <laughs> <laughs> And Spider-Man's red was not red enough. <laughs> Did you notice that his eyes weren't pointy enough? That pissed me off. <laughs> okay, so... Sandman wasn't sandy enough. This time. <laughs> wasn't sandy enough. That's awesome. All right. All right. So... What I was going to do is we were going to save this for last, so I'm assuming this will probably be the last one, is that masterpiece of cinema known as Fast and Furious. Yes, without the thes. You take the thes off and it's a totally different animal. Ooh. But, you know, hey, you get the original cast back together because I'm sure that their schedules were fairly empty. <laughs> I know, it's like... God, to get Jordana Brewster these days, you've got to like... I know, you got to get... You run gotta, her over and catch her at the hospital. <sighs> yeah, she's on the band. She's in demand. But, okay, so... And again, one more time, <laughs> we'll probably spoil something if you haven't seen it or you want to see it. Did I, you want to talk about our feedback? Because we keep referencing... Yes, okay, we're referencing the feedback. I got, a feed, I got feedback from a listener, who I'm sure will hear this, and be pissed at me again... But I got feedback saying that I was a sp- that we were spoilers, and I said, "What am I spoiling? We have we, half the movies we talk about. At least half the movies we talk about are movies that have been out forever. They're just movies that we some for some random reason yeah. decided to watch. This movie in particular came out oh, like March of last year, right. so you're a little behind the times if you haven't seen it. Yeah, well, okay, so right, it's been out forever, and it, what it was is that I spoiled Eagle Eye. And I was, and I even said, I, and this was my feedback to the feedback. I said, Eagle Eye, that's been out forever. You can't spoil a movie that's been out there for two years almost. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, and you know who you are, and I'm not insulting you, or we're not making fun, but it's just, I can't believe that, that, that I was called a spoiler for that, because I just 
never occurred to me. Either. <laughs> so when we're making these references to if you don't want to get it spoiled, you know, fast forward, then that's where that came from. Okay. Okay. So back to Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. Not just Fast or not, fu- just Furious. Yes. Fast and Furious. It's okay. not the Fast and the Furious. It's not too fast and too furious. It's not, it's not Tokyo Drifting. It's fast. And, and it's furious. It is. It's fast and furious. And ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay. <clears throat> I, and I appreciate the fact that when the Fast and the Furious, the first one, the the one, came out, uh, you know, it was... It was Pretty cool, you know. You didn't really it was see original, it. yeah. You hadn't really seen that before, you know. The whole import racing scene wasn't really a big thing, and you know, I actually enjoyed the first one because it was indeed it was fairly uh, it was fun. It was kind of like it was this, fast. It was entertaining. It was furious. It was, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and I thought Vin Diesel was good in it. Paul Walker. Paul, yeah. <laughs> Paul Walker is the surf boy who got lucky. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and. I, but I actually, I enjoyed uh, Vin Diesel in it because that was sort of when Vin Diesel was still like, he was like kind of this unknown guy. And yeah, yeah. It was before the whole Vin Diesel era sort of burned itself out. Well, that was like the height of it was because it went pitch black, fast and furious, and then triple um, X and that, and then that it was, was straight it. off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. Then it just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, the first one, like I said, and it was, it was... It was energetic and it was fun to watch and you know you went oh, okay this is kind of a ride you know just yeah. whatever okay so then the second one eh. I barely remember it I remember falling in love with Ava Mendez in that movie and um, and that was about it yeah other than that it, it kind of missed Vin Diesel and it was it just did. Paul Walker do you really want to watch him on you know for two hours I right well and I thought that oh, who was it Ludacris yeah was, I thought he was pretty good in it. Was he was, no, it was Ty, well, uh, the main guy was like Tyrese. It was Tyrese right? Gibson, but the, then there was like the sort of goofy sidekick yeah, yeah. guy who was ludicrous, and I thought he was funny. Mm-hmm. He was pretty good. Uh, and, you know, it was fairly entertaining. Did I just, just squeak? squeak? <laughs> that was interesting. Okay, what? Well, Jinx on you! Hey! <laughs> um, but I thought that Ludacris was, was fairly entertaining in it, and it, it was a little bit, it was a lot more Michael Bayish. Than the first one. Yeah. Except it was John Singleton, wasn't it? I think it was. Which is weird, but... Yeah. It maybe was. it was just a Miami thing. He was having a love affair with Tyrese, because they were... He was in, like, Baby Boy at the same time. Yep. But, so anyway. Uh, and then the third one I never even saw. But then, now, <laughs> coming up to Fast and Furious, I appreciate the fact they wanted to get the whole original cast back together. Try to sort of take it back to what the original was. Because they got way off of it. Yeah. I mean, the fact that the third one had nothing to do with Pretty any much. It was just cool cars. That's it. Right. Yeah. It, the name was there and that was uh-huh. it. Okay, so I can appreciate they wanted to go back kind of to the original and, and sort of try to restart what was there. Mm-hmm. But it was just so... It, it felt... Re- for one, it felt really contrived. That it was sort of just an excuse to get all these people back on the screen together. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of had a... I, I didn't dislike it. Um, I actually thought... Maybe I just had really low expectations. That may be. <laughs> because it's a Fast and the Furious movie, and essentially you're just watching those... Those cars for, drive around. For cars, and you know... 
hot girls, hot guys. That's right. Like, yeah, butt shots. And, exactly. Yeah. How many times? <laughs> I'll tell you. The funniest thing to me was like when they're he's like when Paul Walker's trying to track down Braga and he follows the guy upstairs. There's that hallway shot. Right in the foreground is those two lesbian kiss. Those and I'm two like, girls making out. What an artfully placed lesbian moment. <laughs> right. It made me laugh so hard. Yeah, no, I know. I noticed that too. I was like, wow, that's class. <laughs> but I, I, didn't, I didn't dislike it. I thought it was exactly what the rest of the movies were. There wasn't a difference between the first one and the last one. I, but see, I thought there was. I, because... Uh, in the first one, it felt and okay. Maybe don't it was get me wrong. Sure, that's for sure. Sure, but don't get me wrong when I'm trying. If I sound like I'm tr- trying to read way too much into Fast and the Furious, <laughs> but the first one actually seemed like it was somewhat plausible. Yeah. Okay. There's these guys. They have these street races, you know, and then they go out and rob trucks. Whatever. Yeah. Right. Okay. But then this the, this last one, Fast and Furious, um, they they running drugs for these guys from Mexico that recruit these drivers, put them through this test, and then shoot them at yeah. the end. Because they're solely smart drivers. Because they're solely smart drivers, man. <laughs> what? And then you know the the whole thing of Vin Diesel is out for revenge because the guy killed his girlfriend, and then. And that's not a spoiler. It's the first five minutes of the movie. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So then, you know, he... But then Paul Walker and him, they they form this uneasy alliance, which wasn't really that uneasy. No. They kind of were like, hey, dude, what's up? (laughs) Pretty much. There was a little respect. It was was enjoyable. Okay, but fine. The thing that disturbed me... Okay, I have one... Uh, plot error, or <laughs> and then one uh, stylistic error, and that was the the stylistic error is that it seemed to me about seventy percent of the car action was digital. Yeah, like there was almost no real cars doing real shit anywhere in that movie. Right, and then the plot error, and it was a big one, was like okay, so they go to Mexico with these drugs, and then they come back, and of course they he lost his he he put the you know little like tracker thing in the in the can of, of NOS, a uh, nice product placement. Uh, so oh, God, it was everywhere. Tracked. Yeah. And then, uh, so, but somehow when they come back in a different car, the traffic cam captures them and they see him. Yeah. It's like, really? Okay, so they wouldn't know to look for the Hummer. They don't know where the fuck he is, but somehow they get him on a traffic cam. And they really go, whoa, quick. that's him. And that's Don Torino. Yeah, no, you bring right. him in. I was like, really? Yeah. Are they just well, monitoring every traffic can in the entire? Right. They have like forty five hundred guys that are just watching every fucking traffic cam. <laughs> I mean, well, I know fa- they have facial res- recognition software, but generally, it's not like lightning fast. <laughs> oh right, right. Well, and the thing too was that just the the scenes where they were driving through the tunnels under the mountain looked terrible. Oh, God, those were horrible. <laughs> it looked like Saturday morning cartoon. It did. It was just, and it took me out of it, and I thought, you know, fine. I mean, this is goofy, whatever. It's Fast and Furious. But just watch it. It just took me out of it so much. I'm like, this is terrible. 
It's horrible. <laughs> and for one thing, okay, why would you build a tunnel that you were running drugs through that was literally about four inches wider on either side and the four inches taller than this little Toyota Supra? <laughs> I mean, it's almost like you had to literally have the car on rails to get it through there. Nobody could drive it through that. Well, but was it that or was it like an old mine? I couldn't quite decide because there well, were so many dead ends and shit. It had it, to be something else. Yeah, fish. but I just... That because took, otherwise, I was wondering kind of at first, I was like, well, shit, they can detect your heat signature apparently underground, but they couldn't tell you were building this giant fucking tunnel. <laughs> yeah, well, <you're> right. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe that's what it was supposed to be or whatever. They didn't really explain that, but at the same time, it just looked so bad. I mean, it looked like you were playing video <laughs> games on a Sega Genesis or something, yeah. and it was just terrible. And then I really also, honestly, got the impression that Paul Walker just didn't want to be there or something. Because in the first one, you could tell he was really trying, because this was his shot, you know? This was, he was going to be a star. And well, maybe there's just a little more self-assurance. I don't know. He, there was a little more boredom from what I saw. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he <clears throat> honestly, he looked like he was just sleepwalking throughout the whole well, movie. They both did. Because they played these characters. Well, Paul Walk, this was the third go-around for Walker and the second for Vin. Yeah, but I think at least Vin Diesel, maybe he was closer to his original character in the first one, or the way he played it, at least, in the yeah, first one. Maybe. But Paul Walker in the first two, at least it seemed like he was somewhat invested in this one, he was sort of just going, eh. Yeah, well, I'm an FBI. I'm an again, FBI agent. <laughs> um, again, uh, the same complaint as earlier. Um, there was there's horribly little plot in that movie. Right. It is just an excuse to have some fast cars go fast. Right. I mean, they're and they show Nas on the screen about forty five thousand times. The plot of that movie in like a student film. Oh, sure. <laughs> My girlfriend died. I hate you. Come here. I'm going to kick your ass. There you go. Yeah, pretty much. I did. There were a couple things I kind of enjoyed. Like, I love the ending where he tips the car up and, like, Tyrannosaurus rexes the guy. And yeah. And pins him against the other thing. Yeah. But I was wondering, you know, like, well, Paul Walker's, like, right there. <laughs> Wouldn't right. he get hit by the thing? Yeah. No, I know. And, <laughs> and well, in the one, there was uh, the, the little GPS woman that would come on and be like, you have 30 seconds. And I was like, how do you do that? You can't do that with a GPS. These were special GPSs. They were I... drug running GPSs. <laughs> you go to the drug runner store and pick those up? Exactly. Okay, yeah. They must have them in Argentina or Cuba or wherever. The God, yeah, it was just funny because the girl's like, you are off course. It's like, you wouldn't know that. You're a GPS. I hate you. <laughs> I don't know. I just it just it threw me off. Those just these goofy things, and then uh, it had like the sort of the semi holographic city yeah. view and all this stuff. I'm See, going, that's so it's so funny because having dealt with GPSs when I rent cars and stuff, they're like the slowest pieces of shit ever. There, I like, know. I mean, you miss a turn and they're like recalculating, recalculating, recalculating <laughs> for like they, they two don't, and a half minutes. They don't go. You just missed your turn. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. They're not like. Wait a minute, you just went by it. They go, Ugh, I just took a digital dump. You didn't follow my instruction! Ah! <laughs> so I gotta say, I was, I honestly was 
semi looking forward to Fast and Furious just because I liked the first one mm-hmm. and the second one was okay. Well, and like you said, even Mendez, oh, wow. <laughs> anyway. Um, but I'll tell you, I think they're probably, Justin Lin, I didn't like his, I, he, I've seen most of his movies and he always finds a way to put a throwaway Asian character in there. Um, what else has he done? I was trying to, I didn't, well, did look, I was going to look it up. And he did this horrible movie called Annapolis. Oh, um, God. Uh, but he always puts in a throwaway Asian character, like, he's, you know, Asians represent. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then I hated that little reference to the last one, which he also directed. I hear they're doing some crazy things in Tokyo. Right, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, fuck off. I know, I caught that. See, I actually didn't know that he had directed the last one. Yeah. But I'm a little surprised that they got him to do this, the fourth one because of the fact that Tokyo Drift was so far off of what the original was. Yeah. You, I, you know, it would have been, to me, if I was going to remake, or, well, I guess not remake, but make the fourth sequel, if I was, like, the studio head or whatever, yeah. I would really see if I could get Rob Cohen back. Which... But Cohen's been dead and buried again. Right, I mean, but his career is as he, over as it was when the Fast and the Furious came out. Okay, before. so what, he did fast, the Fast and the Furious, that sort of brought him back. Well, no, it was the Skulls that brought him back. Well, okay, so then he did Fast and Furious. Yeah. And, and then, then he, he did, did Triple, Triple X. X. And then after that, I think it's stealth. And then it just, it's over. Oh, no, wait, he did The Mummy. He did The New Mummy. Well, then his career is not totally dead. The New Mummy, that was a a big movie. No, it wasn't. Stealth was one of those, like, $200 million pictures that made about a big goose egg. And then... I kind of like stealth, actually. Oh. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then The Mummy is like, I've seen it. Don't bother. It's like I haven't seen astoundingly it. bad. It really? tries for like, oh, we're gonna have the same atmosphere as the others, but only Stephen Summers can make a Stephen Summers movie. Oh yeah, movie. Stephen Summers. You know it's a Stephen <laughs> Summers movie. Yeah, and Rob Cohen really should not try. Well, Rob Cohen should do. What was it? Okay, what was the quote that you told me that you read from Rob <laughs> Cohen? He said something like, "I had no career late in Hollywood yeah, anymore." Yeah, after, after Dragonheart, my career was over. But so then I shaved my head and put a nose ring in and grew a goatee and people started calling me again. Right. <laughs> well, hey, one of my one of my if not my favorite disaster movie is a Rob Cohen movie. Daylight. 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 I almost said daybreak. <laughs> Daylight, yeah. That's a great I movie. Love I love Daylight. It's so great. It's I, like it, well, it's the only one. Of, okay, we're really off topic, but no, that's, that's what it is. And we're hitting the one ten mark. Hey, keep going, man. Like, we got <laughs> unlimited storage. Let's Day, do it. Daylight is um, like the best of the modern disaster pictures because it's the only one that actually takes the cliches of the old one and puts them back in there. Sure. And I mean, because and they actually kill people. Right. There's actually characters that die. And there's sympathetic characters that die. Yes. And in movies, in disaster movies that are I mean, mo- it, the modern disaster movies, you can't kill a sympathetic character because if you did, oh my god, the audience would be so sad. Fuck, it's a disaster movie. People, I know. Do, people die in disasters. Oh. Okay, it's so like, keep going on Daylight. I know that I love this. You've had this rant before. I love it. Keep going. What? I don't know. No. If, do you, if you go back and you watch a Poseidon Adventure... Like, literally, you start out with ten characters and, like, four survive. I mean, they killed the main character at, in, like, two minutes from the ending. Yep. And it's like, and like, one of my favorite characters, two minutes before that, she just 
falls off the fucking thing. Yeah, for like kind of no reason, really. Yeah, it's I just know. Sort of, Whoa. Bye, Stella Stevens. Right. <laughs> but, and then like Independence Day and all those Roland Emmerich ones, they just kill nobody. It's like, great, you killed Mary McDonald. <laughs> and Randy Quaid. And that's it. And, yeah. then, and then, oh, Harry Connick Jr., and oh, it's like I know. You, I, he's been in two scenes. How am I supposed to have any connection to him to care that he just got blown up? Right. No, I know. Oh. But, well, and then with Daylight, and this is... I watched it not too long ago, because mm-hmm. I've had a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> um, but I watched it not that long ago, and I realized, too, exactly what you were saying. It's an, it's an actual disaster movie. Yeah. As opposed to this... Disaster that everybody miraculously survives. <laughs> All of our main characters survive. Yeah. Well, because okay, so the uh, <clears throat> the cop who is in love with his wife or his mm-hmm. his woman that he you know it's so sympathetic That's because sad. Oh, I feel so bad for the Jamaican woman. Oh, oh. the Jamaican, and then he gives her the. See, that's why you do it. That's the right. point of disaster movies. Is you get those moments of sadness. Right. Well, okay. So and then the old lady dies. Yeah. She just dies like of hypothermia or whatever yeah. and then um, you know, who else well the the guy the the real crazy uh, prisoner guy dies the sort of fat black guy yeah and Viggo Mortensen dies mm-hmm. which honestly I didn't really feel that bad about because he was a dick <laughs> yeah but he was also a main character he kind of was yeah because he got the introduction at the beginning and mm-hmm. whatever and then let's see who else died in that uh, so there was the but see that's the as the daylight to me is such a great disaster movie because it brings back those cliches. I mean, there's a, I love the beginning of that movie because you get these 30-second introductions to the characters right. that are so totally dead on. You don't need to spend 10 minutes developing Randy Quaid right. when you can just have 30 seconds of the old people get in a cab with their dog. Right, exactly. And you know who they are. <laughs> you know who they are, right. And then, you know, you have the you have the, the 30 seconds of Viggo Mortensen in the boardroom being the man. Yeah. And you know who he is. Yes. And, you know. It's perfect. Yeah. And nobody went to see it. That's it's such a disappointment, too, that nobody appreciated that movie. Because it's it's and honestly, Sylvester Stallone in that movie, he's Sylvester Stallone, but he's still he's pretty good. decent, you know. It's one good. of his last great movies. I love that movie. You got your heart! I yeah. found your heart! Yeah, and he oh. shoves that explosive in there. Oh, it's so great. Well, even Amy Brenneman is pretty good in that movie. <laughs> I love it when she takes the thing to the, to her, um, to the oh, rat. The, the, the lock on yeah. the, 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 <laughs> the bar for her lock and just starts bashing her dresser <laughs> in. And she's singing out um, New York, New York. I'm tired of all your shit or whatever she <laughs> says. It's so funny. Well, yeah, and, and you know, and honestly, I thought the effects were pretty good in that movie. I mean, it looks, and I don't know. Well, I, re- I remember reading at the time. I mean, the movie cost like a hundred million dollars. Really? And at the time, like, yeah, uh, Universal had passed on a couple big pictures, and they put all of their money essentially on Daylight, and poof. Yeah. It literally made like 10 or 15 million dollars. Really? Yeah. That's all? That's it. Wow. That See, that even kind of surprises me a little bit just because, I mean, even if, well, I guess Sylvester Stallone at that time was sort of in the valley a little bit. He was a long way into the valley. Yeah. Um, but people were still employing him. Uh, people who weren't Eli Samaha. But, um... <laughs> or Andrew W. Vajna. <laughs> um... No, what was I going to say? It seems like the only guy who can make disaster where movies work these days is 
um, Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich. Have you seen the? Because he pacified. Uh, yeah, the, he, the disaster movie, yeah. and, and like they remade Poseidon Adventure as Poseidon, and it was pretty decent. I enjoyed it. Yeah, but it was a total bomb again. Yeah, well, you know what? You know why? Because not enough Fergie. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed watching her drown. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what's his name? Uh, but again, they, uh, that movie again had the courage to kill people. Kurt Russell in the last. I mean, Again, of course they had to, but they killed him in the last five minutes. Right. Well, and no, it wasn't the last five. It was like yeah. the last fifteen minutes. No, because well, no, because he blows up the thing. Well, he goes. He's the one that reverses the engine. Or so whatever. they can all get out, and right. that's the end of the movie. Yeah, it's like from the last five. Yeah, that's minutes. true, and and I think that. I mean, Kurt Russell. He's not as big a star as he used to be, but still, he was sort of like starring Kurt Russell and. Yeah. You know, whatever. He's still a star. He still is. Yeah, I mean, look at Death Proof, if you want to. Death I Proof. Don't wanna, okay, we're going way too far over on time. We've got to hold some of our conversations on next time. Oh, week. man, I could go all night. <laughs> Can you fucking believe it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, Phil, fine. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to recap. In fact, real quickly, this is something that I didn't talk to you about before. Something I wanted to incorporate. A new feature called, okay, have you seen the trailer? Okay. Trailers. Yes. Okay, real quickly. We're not going to go off on these forever. But disaster movies. Have you seen the 2012 trailer? I have. Looks impressive. It does look impressive. Looks huge. <laughs> huge. Huge enough to delay by like six months. Yeah. Really? It was supposed to come out in the summer. Yeah, it looks huge. I like it. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I wonder if, if, Roland Ever, if, bleh, if Roland Emmerich ever gets tired of blowing up the world. Or the White House. Apparently he does. <laughs> I love how he drops an aircraft carrier on the White House. <laughs> really? Okay. So what do you think? Your opinion quickly about 2012. I think it's bound to be great. I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, as good as it can be. Yeah. The day after tomorrow, the last one was okay. and uh, But it was fun to watch and I, I still yeah, enjoyed it. it was, so I'm, I'm sure this one will be much I, the same. I thought day after tomorrow was a little slow. But yeah. I think that 2012 looks a little not as slow. <laughs> True. But at least he's passed that 10,000 BC, which was literally one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Oh, I didn't even bother. And Good. Godzilla? Oh, God, Godzilla. That woman that fucking, what's her, the, with the curly blonde hair? I want to just fucking strangle that bitch. And I'm sorry if you're listening. I love you. I mean, but God. Okay, so let's see. What other trailers have I seen? I saw the trailer for, huh. This is sort of a personal thing for me. Uh-huh. Uh, cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Ooh. Have you seen the trailer for that? I've not, and I've never read the book. Okay, well, the movie, and I don't know how many people out there listening have, have read the book or seen the trailer, but the trailer, the movie looks nothing like the book. Yeah. Like, the story has almost literally nothing to do with the book. Which wow. kind of pisses me off, because I loved that book when I was a kid. <laughs> I did. Well, I'll tell you, there are three trailers, if you haven't seen, you need to see. And one of them is Zombieland. It looks fucking funny. And the second one is Daybreakers with uh, Ethan Hawke and Sam Neill. It's about like uh, if vampires took over the world. It yep. looks saw that trailer. Great. Saw that trailer. And um, the uh, speaking of kids, where the wild things are. I think that movie. I haven't looks seen that trailer so yet. Good. It looks unbelievably good. I, I haven't seen that trailer yet. I have to look it up online because it looks very Spike Jonesy. Well, you know that's fine. I like Spike Jonesy. Uh, but the Daybreakers, uh, I, I saw that trailer, I might have been even on Transformers. Uh, it looks interesting. I kind of think that it's one of those movies that could be either really good 
or yeah. could go, or, or could just have a really good trailer and be crap. True. You know. But hey, uh, for me, you Sam tell Neal. me. Yes, Sam there Neal. you go. I mean, that's you can't. My, that's reason. my draw. I yeah. can't. I can't not see it. Right. Um, well, okay. So what else? Let's see. Oh, I saw the trailer for. Um, What's her name? Some Angela's body or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the uh, new, Megan um, Fox. Yeah, Diablo Cody picture. I honestly, I think it kind of looks sort of fun. Like I would yeah, go see that. Does. Like, I, and you know, Megan Fox doesn't hurt. I just don't get it. She looks like a porn star. I don't get it. How is that pretty? How uh, is four equal pretty? Uh, <laughs> well, we could get into that on the next podcast. Okay, All that's right, a separate will. podcast. Yes, but um, all right, see. everybody in podcast land, have a pleasant evening. We've we've far too much taken up your time. Okay, all right, take <laughs> us out, Phil. All right, can you fucking believe it? Awesome.